Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. Jenny and I continue our conversation on the height effect. Okay, so that kind of leads you to the next article. Right. That was in the New York Times 2012, Why Won't They Listen? Uh, Right. It's called Why Won't They Listen? And what's striking about this one is that it is in the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is, I mean, just so solidly left. Right. That I mean, it, it was surprising. Surprising to read it. And and this this article is kind of like an explanation of Height's argument that's in the book. Right. right. Again. With this article. Right. So it's we we're still on the Height thing here, and we see then how many waves uh-huh. he created really? when he wrote this book. All right. Go ahead. So March twenty third, twenty twelve, the New York Times. Why won't they listen? The article starts like this: You're smart. You're liberal. You're well-informed. You think conservatives are narrow-minded. You can't understand why working-class Americans vote Republican. You figure they're being duped. You're wrong. (laughs) It's like, but this author is speaking to a leftist audience, and he's pointing out something. And this is is like Mm -hmm. earth-shattering when they get it. Another reason I find this so poignant right now is... I'm having classroom discussions with students who have been immersed in popular culture, popular media, and who've grown up with the default orthodoxy of um, academic progressivism. And when I present this research by height, which I pretty much do in every one of my classes, they refuse to see it. (laughs) And... You see, I'm using the language there of our series on the evident evidence and faith. Exactly. What they're they're refusing to see what is presented to them, mm-hmm. and they almost invariably, at least those who are who come in with a very a strong leftist bent, they reject it. Yeah. They they just refuse to acknowledge that it could be true, and so they're denying what is evident in favor of an ideological position. And the reason, I think, that they're refusing to see it is that it is mind-shattering. And I mean that, like, technically. It it, it almost requires them to do an Mm -hmm. about-face. It requires of them almost a conversion in the sense of Plato, or even even in the religious sense of a conversion. Okay, so I'm going to go much farther down into the article now and pick up here. These conservative moral systems aren't ignorant or backward. Height argues that they're common in history and across the globe because they fit human nature. He compares them to cuisines. We acquire morality the same way we acquire food preferences. We start with what we're given. If it tastes good, we stick with it. If it doesn't, we reject it. People accept God, authority, and karma because these ideas suit their moral taste buds. Height points to research showing that people punish cheaters, accept many hierarchies, and don't support equal distribution of benefits when contributions are unequal. So all of these things are Mm -hmm. things that the left just utterly rejects and yet are fundamental to human nature and all societies throughout history that are functional. Exactly. 
You don't have to go abroad to see these ideas, mm -hmm. the liberal says. <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, right we can find them right here in the Republican Party. Social conservatives see welfare and feminism as threats to responsibility and family stability. The Tea Party hates redistribution because it interferes with letting people reap what they earn. Faith, patriotism, valor, chastity, law and order. These Republican themes touch all six moral foundations. Whereas Democrats, in Heights analysis, focus almost entirely on care and fighting oppression. This is Heights' startling message to the left. When it comes to morality, conservatives are more broad-minded than liberals. Right. Right. Like you <laughs> and said. that is mind-shattering. Right. Like you said, leftists localize instead of globalize. Leftists, it's like an instant fix, like an instant hug that leftists care. And caring is something that is like an instant band-aid rather than what the, the bigger problem is. Yes, because they tend to look at fixing the immediate problems. Right, right in front of you. Right. Without seeing the broader structures that underlay everything else. So let's just not hurt people. Right. And that'll fix things. But it doesn't. The, the reason that people get hurt are structural. Right. We want to make people feel good right now. Instant feel good. Right. Instead than... of fixing the problem. In The Coddling of the American Mind, he quotes a philosopher who said, Prepare the child for the road, mm -hmm. not the road for the child. And, that and they constantly want to fix the road. Right. Right. <laughs> instead, of, instead of saying, okay, look, life's going to be hard. Yeah. You best get ready for it. And that goes into the maternalization of our culture. Right. And, and the infantilization. Right, of the populace. Right. Right, so that's one of my favorite sayings recently, that we have, as a culture, maternalized our mm -hmm. structures. Right. And that means we're going to try to care for everybody at such a level that everyone will be taken care of and there will be no more problems. Right. And in doing so, we have infantilized our population. We've made everybody into little children. Oh, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. Sorry. Right? <laughs> and so mommy rushes in to fix it. Mommy's going to rush in and spank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is Height's startling message to the left. When it comes to morality, conservatives are more broad-minded than liberals. So let's follow the logic here. Right. If conservatives and their ethics are more tuned in to the nature of the human and the natural world, and the left hates and despises conservatives, mm -hmm. then ultimately what they are hating is nature right. and human beings right. as they are. And this carries That's on with, with like what we said mm -hmm. about the left hating women Right. When we were talking about uh, the abortion right. debate, and, and they the hate trans. that women are the bearers of children. It's not fair that they have to carry that right. burden. And the trans movement. And the trans movement. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't want to be a girl, you can be a boy. Or you can be a boy. You, you might be a boy who's going to become a girl and yes. compete, compete <laughs> against girls. Right, so that you can compete right, and win. Mm -hmm. So this is... Again, not a problem with the left per se, mm -hmm. 
it is a problem with the leftist ideology that it has adopted for the last 250 right. years, right. the Marxist right. ideology. Marx loved to quote Faust, all that exists deserves to perish. Right. They hate the world that we live in. They hate the structures. Mm -hmm. They want to tear them down and rebuild them according to what they think is right. Mm -hmm. And conservatives are more angered in the in, evident. In reality, yes, in the evident. Yeah. So just a few more points from, from that article. The author goes on, Height chides psychologists who try to explain away conservatism, treating it as a pathology. Conservatism thrives because it fits how people think, and that's what validates it. Workers who vote Republican aren't fools. In Height's words, they're voting for their moral interests. Height agrees that old ways must sometimes be re-examined and changed. He just wants liberals to proceed with caution and protect the social pillars sustained by tradition. Well, this is what conservatism is. Right. Going back to Burke, right. it's not that we resist change, it's that we resist precipitous change. Right, exactly. Uh, um, and, and so this whole thing is just saying, look, you leftists have gone off, you've gone off the reservation. Right. You're not even doing what leftists need to do. Try to correct the problems. Instead, you're ripping down the whole structure. Which ultimately is going to hurt. Everyone, yeah, because everybody. who gets hurt? Right. When civilization falls apart, right. not the strong and powerful, not the wealthy, the poor. Exactly. And they're the ones they're supposed to be watching out for. And they're the ones who are doing the greatest damage to right. by, by le the leftist is doing today. Women, children are being hurt. So going on with the article, I think this is our last point. The author of the article says, the hardest part, Height finds, is getting liberals to open their minds. Right. <laughs> Anecdotally, he reports that when he talks about authority, loyalty, and sanctity, many people in the audience spurn these ideas as the seeds of racism, sexism, and homophobia. And in a survey of 2,000 Americans, Height found that self-described liberals, especially those who call themselves very liberal, were worse at predicting the moral judgments of moderates and conservatives than moderates and conservatives were at predicting the moral judgments of liberals, which is that we just read yep, in the beginning. Exactly. Liberals don't understand conservative values, and they can't recognize mm -hmm. this failing because they're so convinced of their rationality, open-mindedness, and enlightenment. Right. In other words, liberals have no self-awareness right. of how closed-minded they are. Okay, so that's that article. Okay, and then, I mean, now that you've explained it, two articles that really exemplify are the, the catastrophic COVID conversions. Right, which we've read before. Right. So and we're not then, going to read the whole thing. Yeah, and we read that in that previous right. No Compromise. and. This is the moment I gave up on Joe Biden article right. by Sasha Stone. Right. Okay, so the catastrophic COVID convergence was by Debbie Lerman. Right, who calls herself an ultra-lefty. Right, and when was this? <laughs> this was July 11th, 2022. Okay, so you're going to start with that one? Right. Okay, make some points on that. All right. So she starts the article this way. So much basic scientific data 
and so many best practices and ethical standards in public health were abandoned during the COVID pandemic, it would be difficult to list them all. Nevertheless, we must remember just how much reality has been warped since March 2022 and try to understand how that warping occurred. Maybe if we understand what happened, we can prevent it happening again. Maybe we can unwarp the narrative enough so that more people can see clearly what went wrong. So I like the word unwarp. She's seeking to unwarp because I would say we have become so deeply warped through this Hegelian ideology that the left has adopted. And let me say here, it wasn't just the left that adopted it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Nazis were Hegelians. So this is a problem. Hegelianism on the right has largely been stamped out, mm-hmm. but it is alive and vibrant in right. the left. Mm-hmm. And when I complain about the left, what I'm complaining about is the Hegelian ideology right. that they have adopted right. and which must be opposed or we're not going to survive. So she's seeking to unwarp. But of course, she only sees the warping in relation to, as you said, mm-hmm. one local problem. Right. COVID. Right. The COVID problem. And just like Jonathan Haidt, he sees the whole thing starting in 2010 and not the broader structure that underlays it that goes all the way back. Right. Right. So again, we see another one where they're seeing a local problem and right. saying, oh my goodness, this is horrible. We have to fix it. But they're not seeing where it comes from. She goes on. I want to know why real science got thrown out as misinformation. Propaganda turned into absolute truth. The free press morphed into a government mouthpiece. And supposedly liberal and scientific institutions abandoned ethical standards and critical thought to impose zero evidence, zero COVID authoritarian lockdowns and mandates. So what she's pointing out here is Mm -hmm. something that we've been seeing in the left all our lives. It it sounds like what's been going on for a long time. Right. But now they see it only in relation to one one area. Right. Right. So especially the idea that the free press morphed into a government mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. The free press has never been a free press in my lifetime. Now it's gotten progressively worse for Mm -hmm. sure. So it was better back in the, in the sixties when I was born. There was still an attempt to be objective. Mm -hmm. And through the 70s, it was better than it is now, for sure. Right. But it's gotten worse and worse. And now it's like the press is just literally a mouthpiece for the leftist agenda. Exactly. That's exactly right. And science has been has been slow. I mean, science was one of the last things to fall, certainly. Certainly within academia, it was one of the last Mm -hmm. things to fall. The hard sciences. And we could probably still say that the majority of hard science things are resisting Mm -hmm. the left, but it's colonizing and it's getting there. Yeah. And that was a progressive fall. A progressive fall. Yes. Yeah. Philosophy. And right. The first things to go was philosophy. Right. And then the humanities followed quickly. Uh um, And the social sciences followed. And like Jonathan Haidt says, Mm -hmm. there's only one conservative in in all of the social sciences. And I know him. He's a pretty nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're getting to the hard sciences. Right. And math. And we're going (laughs) to. It's it's getting even into math, which is what tripped finally someone like James Lindsay. Right into turning around. Right. And we're going to discuss him. Right. We'll discuss him at at the end. Yes. 
How did my family, she goes on, friends and neighbors who I thought shared my liberal humanist values turn into a group-thinking, bullying herd? What forces were exerted to erase scientific and intellectual integrity from the minds of literally millions of doctors, scientists, economists, journalists, educators, and other normally curious and compassionate people worldwide? And then she calls these seemingly senseless behaviors. And I can tell you how. It's because they bought into the ideology of Marxism that underlies all of this. They bought into the ends justify the means ethical system. Everything she's saying, we're seeing it start all over again now with allowing children to get these surgeries to become the opposite sex. Right. And the, everything she said there, it describes what's going on in that whole movement. She goes on to talk about various things that caused this. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the points she makes is that politics is involved. Yes. So we'll pick up pretty far into the article. If the pandemic had not happened during the Trump presidency, the panic from above and below might not have garnered enough scientific and media buy-in to turn the entire Democratic Party, as well as other self-regarding liberal governments around the world, into mirror images of totalitarian authorities they so often decried. And again, this is one of those startling admissions Mm -hmm. from someone on the left. Mm-hmm. And I, I find them so incredibly refreshing right. and yet surprising. surprising. Exactly. And yet we're seeing it happen again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Because, as you said, those lines are being crossed. Exactly. And people are saying, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I was okay with everything up until you did that. <laughs> but they're not seeing the broader logic that lies behind all of it. Exactly. Trump was considered by the politically left-leaning coastal elites in the U.S., myself included, she screams with a, a, a exclamation mark at the end, and their allies around the world to be a menace the likes of which had never been elected before, and a clear and present danger to the very foundations of democracy. <laughs> and boy, does that sound familiar, exactly. right? <laughs> so one of the things that the leftist ideology, the Hegelian ideology that they've adopted, requires of them is the embrace of contradiction. Right. To exactly. abandon the Hegelian, excuse me, the Aristotelian logic mm-hmm. of non-contradiction and embrace the Hegelian logic of both and rather than either or. So the claim to support democracy by seeking to undermine right. democracy. Right. Right. Um, and this is like in 1984, the concept black-white. Right. right? Yep. If the party says it's black, you think it's black. Right. If they say it's white, you think it's white. And it can be both at the same time, if you want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> that takes us actually to what we wanted to say, this last article. And we're not done with that one. We'll come back to it. But it takes us to this last article by Sasha Stone, which was, I guess, September 14th, 2022. Right. So it's a very contemporary article. It's right after Biden's speech. Gave his speech. And the article is called, This is the Moment I Gave Up on Joe Biden by Sasha Stone. The article begins like this. Joe Biden emerged from his speech this month on the continued battle for the soul of our nation, like a squalling infant birthed from the loins of blue check Twitter, bathed in the blood red light of militant fascism. 
So the left tends to describe itself as anti-fascist, <laughs> and yet they are acting the part exactly. of fascists. Especially and, if you if you read what fascism is. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's the embrace of fascism and the rejection of fascism. Right, exactly. It is that black-white thing, mm-hmm. the, the embrace of contradiction. Mm-hmm. He was finally their guy. Gone was the empathy guy. Gone was the unity guy. Gone was the moderate guy. Be mean, Joe. Get them, Joe. Get tough, Joe. Tell them that their participation in democracy is a threat to democracy. <laughs> right? There's the embrace of contradiction. Don't allow the right to engage in democratic process. That's a threat. To democracy. Not the right, just certain. Oh, just certain members of the right. <laughs> yes, the MAGA right. Exactly. Which is really just their way of saying anyone who's to the right of us. Exactly. Yes. Tell them, Joe. Tell the MAGA Republicans they're not welcome in their own country. Tell them their participation is a threat to a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Tell them that democracy means. They have to sit down and shut up. Again, the embrace of contradiction. Tell the truck driver who travels coast to coast, the police officer, the waitress, the bartender, the cable guy, the grocery store clerk, the grandmother, the garage mechanic, the veteran who served in Afghanistan, who now has been kicked out of the military for not taking the vaccine, the mother of two, who now must homeschool her children, that they are the violent extremists posing the biggest threat to the country they call home. Tell them, Joe, that you've decided to throw them away like human garbage, and that you're hoping for another January 6th so that you can arrest anyone who ever voted for or supported Donald Trump. Tell them that you, and you alone, are America, and any threat to your power is a threat to the state, because that's not fascism at all. So this makes that point about demonizing people. The left demonizes people. And remember, this woman was a huge leftist. But no, Biden supporter. Biden supporter, yes. She rallied for him. She did all sorts of things. So she she, she was, was right herself on the front lines. right a big supporter and, and pushing for Joe Biden. Right. And now she's seeing it for what it is. And the right conservatives demonizes ideas not people exactly i mean i i I think about this all the time when i'm arguing with someone i think you're wrong you're just wrong you're wrong about the facts you're not thinking about it properly right but you are a valuable human being right made in the image and likeness of god and therefore you have inherent value but for them and you have a right you're saying and you have a right to say what you're saying but for them no they demonize the people and you have to be shut up. Shut up, or, and this is the logic of it, right? If we can kill the babies, why can't we kill the, the people who are holding back utopia? Exactly, in the future. Okay. But so, right now they are killing, I mean, in quotations, they are killing people by destroying their lives, removing them from, say, you know, social media. Yes. Where, where that's where they, oh, yeah. they, they have their businesses. or That's true. You know, whatever. Yep. By their radical attempts to control speech, mm-hmm. 
and they claim to support the Constitution, yeah. they're undermining the, the, the First Amendment. And you're right. And they're killing, they're taking people's lives away from them by taking their ability to speak. Right. Uh, and we have a lot to fear. We have a lot to fear about that because as podcasters, we may very well lose our ability just because of what we're doing today. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when they, if it raises a red flag. Right. They may very well cancel us exactly. and then we're done. Exactly. Um, and also as a professor. Yeah. Right. We're exactly. facing exactly this problem. Mm hmm. I have been warned that uh, my speech is is dangerous, and uh, we may very well lose our income as a result of that. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian. <laughs>